Hello, my name is Ross Camberlin. I'm from Nashville Software School Data Science Cohort 5, and my project is called Image Binarization for Handwriting OCR. Handwriting OCR. Okay, so this is sort of like a, we're going to hear all about it in a minute, but sort of like a an AI tool to, to, to see and understand handwriting. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Really interested. We'll get to that in a second. But first, we always like to hear the backstory. What were you doing in life? How did you decide to make a change? How did you get connected to Nashville Software School? Yeah. So uh, years ago, I was doing data entry in mortgages, and I went back to school, did information systems, and I did SQL Server database stuff for about four years, uh, mostly in healthcare. And um took a break and wanted to come back and do a more interesting version of it. And so the data science cohort here has been um, more specialized, but also gets off into, uh, you know, statistical models, data visualization, artificial intelligence. And so the difference is a lot of the things I was doing were um, database administrator, DBA work, you know, um, backups of disks and, um, a lot of SQL queries and, and that type of thing. Um, and so there are just more interesting opportunities with data science, I think. You can go a lot of different directions with it that are pretty fascinating. Very cool. So was there a moment when you decided to make this change and to go to NSS? Was there a particular moment you can think of? Not one particular moment. The school had been on my radar for a long time because I, I was friends with some people that jumped into some of the first web development boot camps years ago. And I always had it on my radar and I thought, you know, I want to check those guys out and um, didn't hear about the data science boot camp until much later. And I just thought that uh, it would let me build on the experience that I already have and let me leverage it into something more specialized and more interesting. Cool. Okay. So you make the, the choice to do this and, you know, it's a, it's a big lift, right? It's a long time, nine months, you're still working, right? During all of this and yeah. it takes a big commitment. So I'm so happy for you and the rest of the cohort for making it to the end. Congrats. Thank you. Now let's talk about your project. Tell me more about this. It's, you were saying it just a moment ago. It's about the, the handwriting, like, tell me more. I'm really fascinated. Sure, sure. So the inspiration behind it um, is uh, I used to uh, like to do a lot of family history research, and eventually you run into these old church records that are in cursive in a foreign language, and um, you know it's going to give you an eye strain headache, very hard to read. Um, and like, have you ever looked at a microfiche reader in a library? Oh, is that when it's like super tiny and it's zooming in kind of? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, so the world has all of these old handwritten documents that are priceless and fragile, and they connect us to history. And, um, you know, the more that technology changes our lives, the more important it is to maintain that connection, I think. But people have to, these old documents are tucked away in libraries, and, you know, they're fragile. They don't want to circulate them or show them to people, and you have to travel really far to see these things. And a lot of these things are not available online. And so wouldn't it be great if we could digitize scanned images of these? And then on top of that, get artificial intelligence to automatically transcribe and translate some of these documents for us. It would let 
all kinds of people across borders and languages and cultures have access to a lot more research material and it would take a lot of the most time consuming labor off of researchers so that they could collaborate on more projects more quickly and easily. Um, so that's, that's the overall vision for it. Um, and I don't tackle the entire process of all that with transcribing and translating. So what I do is sets the stage for those later steps. Uh, so to binarize an image, you know, normally an image file is going to have red, green, and blue, and you've got values for each one of those, right? Okay. And so what this does is you set a cutoff value, a threshold, um, and everything above that becomes a black pixel and everything below that becomes a white pixel. So you just got black and white image instead of color image. And what that does is take away some of the noise in the background and it lets the computer see what the text says more easily. Um, so like if you've, you know, like a classic OCR problem, optical character recognition is getting computers to read license plates. You know, to us, it's obvious what the license plate number is. To a computer, it takes training. So that's an example of an OCR problem. So it's kind of machine learning. It's kind of being taught, this is what this looks like. This is how do you understand it, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And so this does the same thing, but just for handwritten documents. And so the, the first step is you're going to process the image to take away some of that background noise. Like if this old document has some stains and some rips or scratches on it, whatever, all that noise on the surface of that it was written on, you just want to get that out of there and kind of smooth out that background. And so turning it into a black and white image helps you do that. And then you just kind of process out some of the noise, touch it up a little bit, and then it's easier for the computer to read it. Um, and that might not sound like a lot, um, you know, for just that first step, but it is, it's kind of more involved than you would think. So handwriting. So tell me, What's more of the, the use cases for something like this? Is it for like understanding like, oh, yeah, this is your signature or maybe no, this is not your signature? Is it that sort of thing or what else? What are some other examples? Um, you could do it for that. Um, what I had in mind really was, um, you know, translating old historical documents and things in different languages uh, that are in archives, things like that for historical research. But you could do it for handwriting analysis. And um you know, the, the scary thing is it wouldn't be surprising to me if you could train up algorithms to have to make fewer mistakes than human beings make. Um, you know, you could take one of your most accurate handwriting experts and a machine with enough training data is probably going to be able to give him or her a run for their money uh, a surprising amount of the time. Hmm. Very interesting. So as you are doing this and learning some of the skills it takes to build this. Oh, yeah. Tell me about the tech. And then I want to hear, like, you know, why you're building this. Did you hear, do you learn anything that maybe surprised you through this process? Yeah. So as far as the tech stack, um, this is happening in Python uh, with OpenCV, which is an open source computer vision library, and also a library called Keras, which is part of TensorFlow. Um, and that's for the machine learning piece. Um, and if you have 
uh, Jupyter installed, you know, with all the Python libraries that come with that. Um, and you also throw in OpenCV and uh, Keras, you should be able to do a lot of this stuff. I just am curious of the, you know, what you've learned along the way and then how you built it. Anything else you want to add of just sort of the, the process here? Right. Uh, so the, um, there's, there's two pieces to it. There's um, uh, the thresholding part that I just mentioned, and then there's the machine learning part. And that's the part where I learned more. Um, neural networks are a pretty deep subject. Um, and there's a lot of different varieties of them. Uh, there's not just one type of neural network. Um, for image processing, a lot of what people use is a convolutional neural network. And those convolutions kind of create a neighborhood of so many pixels, like a window of, you know, let's say it's 64 by 64 pixels. Um, you create a little neighborhood of pixels that are adjacent to one another. And then your convolutions can create layers of those that kind of check back with each other and see how likely it is that um, if this is a black pixel next to this one, how likely is it that that will be a black pixel? Um, and, you know, you can add as many layers as you want, uh, you know, given however much computing power you want to spend. Uh, and sometimes it'll make things work better and sometimes it won't. But um, neural networks can be very deep. There's a lot of different varieties of them. And so uh, learning more about you know, different ways people handle them. It seems like every paper I read about this, somebody had a slightly different spin on a network. Um, so big rabbit hole, but uh, that was something that I definitely noticed. Do you think if you wanted to continue working on this project, do you have something in mind of how you'd want to do that? What would you, because, you know, you never, you're never totally done. If you were to continue, what do you think you would want to do? Um, I would want to see what other kinds of entities within images I could locate. You know, so in other words, well, a couple different paths here. One is the path I mentioned of now that we've got these, uh, now that we can predict what the handwriting is going to say, um, can we start automating more of the transcription and translation of these documents? Um, so it's sort of like a, like a super Google Translate plus for images of documents. Um, and then another path could be, well, what else can I get uh, machines to recognize? Can I show it, uh, can I show an AI a picture and get it to pick out like what's a dog and what's a car and just play with how granular I could get with uh, um, entity recognition within images. Cool. So now, as you're thinking about the future, do you have a preference of what you want to be doing next? What do you think's on the horizon? You know, now that you made it through this nine-month experience, what what are you wanting to do? A um, couple different paths. I feel like I could take. Um, you know, if I wanted to build on the uh, image recognition path that I'm talking about, I do feel like there are opportunities available um, in healthcare. Um, I used to work with a, a radiology company, uh, an imaging company, um, and there might be opportunities there for image recognition. Um, but I'm, I'm also intrigued with um, 
something one of my classmates has been working on that, um, uh, and this could also just even be a, a hobby, a side project. Uh, I have a classmate who's been developing a lot of work on automated algorithmic trading of securities. And, you know, I've, I'm an amateur investor as a hobby. And um, the uh, stuff he's been doing about automated trading is really fascinating to me. Um, and so even if I, I don't go into that type of thing professionally, that's something I, I see myself spending more time doing in the next six to 12 months. Very nice. Well, I have really enjoyed learning more about your background and hearing the way you think about this and what you've been working on. It's very exciting stuff. So I think that's all I all I got for you. I know you get the whole NSS community around you here to support you getting that first job and they'll be with you every step of the way. So again, congratulations and we're all pulling for you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been fun. <laughs>